2: Jay Stroud, the Ohio State quarterback, had his pro day, came out slinging it.
0: I want to show how hard I can throw in the arm that I'm blessed
3: with from God.
2: Back to back pro day, Bryce Young. Great
3: timing, quick release. This is something that I've been looking forward to, you know, my whole life.
4: Will Levis's turn in Lexington, Kentucky. I love his competitiveness, I love the arm. He has the potential to be truly special. I could see myself uh, being a franchise
0: quarterback for each of those teams.
2: We go to Anthony Richardson's pro day in Gainesville, Florida. Size, speed, strength.
0: No butterflies for me. Just another day in the office. Good luck making this decision.
2: (laughs) So, as we sit here on the final day of March, the top four quarterbacks in this year's draft class have completed their pro days. The work's been done, opinions made just to be changed right again in these next few weeks before round one begins. We welcome you into NFL Live. Kimberly Martin is here. So glad to have you, of course, and we've got Mina Kimes, Lewis Riddick, Matt Miller as well. Lots to get to, guys. Let's start with Anthony Richardson, okay? The Florida quarterback held his pro day yesterday. He finished with a 60-yard bomb. Also had a throw where the football hit the roof of the indoor facility. Arm strength on display, no doubt. But here's Richardson on his decision to leave Florida early and enter the draft yesterday with Todd McShay.
0: It was definitely a difficult decision, you know, I talked to a lot of people, you know, got a lot of information from my coaches, you know, from my mentor, from my family, you know, and just trying to gather information, that was the main thing I was trying to do.
3: In your opinion, where do you think you have to improve to take your game to that next level in the league?
0: You know, Lord knows what I have to improve on, you know. If you ask me, I feel like i got to improve on everything, you know. uh, Accuracy, I can get better with that, you know. Decision-making, I can get better with that. Uh, footwork, I can definitely grow with that. Leadership, you know, I can go on as a list, you know, because I feel like I can grow in any aspect. So uh, just focusing on those certain things, I feel like I'll be a great quarterback.
2: Of course, the Panthers were in attendance with that number one overall pick, and their GM, Scott Fitterer, told the team website this after Anthony Richardson's pro day. He said, obviously, he's got a ton of talent, a lot of upside. The more you play, the better it's going to be as far as processing and timing, but he's got everything to work with. He's more than a project. He's a really good player. I thought that was interesting considering how many people have referred to Richardson, Matt, as this, project player that's going to need a whole lot of time to sit in it. It's not that he isn't going to need at least a year to sit, but what are your thoughts on Richardson post pro day, especially after you hear Fitterer put it that way?
3: Yeah, Lori, he did a great job. Anthony did a great job of expressing. I think what all of us who evaluate players wanted to see was, Can he get better at these things? We've been calling it the Josh Allen plan for Anthony. We saw you at Florida. We see you at the Combine. We see you at the Pro Day. Each step of the way throughout the pre-draft process, we want to see better mechanics. and, And we've seen it. I think the last two times that he's thrown publicly is now we're seeing the feet and the hips and the eyes all start to line up. And that is going to help the accuracy issues that he mentioned, that we've all mentioned. It's a big part of his game is that continued development For me, I've seen it. And a lot like when Josh Allen was coming out of Wyoming, I've actually moved Anthony Richardson up now to that QB three spot ahead of Kentucky's Will Levis. I think he has aced this process. And I, truthfully, I love to hear him say that, that I know I have things to work on. I'm not a finished product, but I'm gonna put in the work to get better at all these things. I I think that's perfect for him as a prospect.
5: Yeah, it's interesting talking to some of the the execs, high ranking execs and GMs that were at that pro day. I was somewhat bummed by some of the feedback I got because we're all watching and we're thinking, wow, this is amazing. Um, Some of that feedback was, you know, we knew he could throw the ball far. We saw that. We knew that already. He showed off that he was very athletic. We knew that coming in. Some of the throws we watched, they were good, but it wasn't like, wow. That's what I was told. And this one quote from one GM, "He, he, he threw the ball far and with ease, which gets the untrained eye excited. And I understand, you know, that's the knock. That is what Anthony Richardson is facing, where, where there's only so much you could do at your pro day. The rest is going to be up to him and whatever team gets him, making sure that he's in a great position to really – match the ceiling because Mm. all the tools are there
2: yeah i mean many of us have talked about it the tape is a roller coaster and that's part of this whole evaluation process and lewis i'm curious for you where do you see Mm. anthony richardson actually landing in this draft you heard matt he's moved him in his mind ahead of will levis at this point
0: yeah and i don't disagree with that look i i think he's definitely probably well i don't know I would assume he's probably going to be quarterback number three. Now, where does that mean he lands? But could he be the guy who winds up being the Indianapolis Colts picket for him? Possibly. Is that the best spot for him? Probably not. What kind of places he need to go? A place that has an established veteran, that has a great quarterback culture in terms of head coach, offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, system in place, surroundings in place that allow him to kind of grow and kind of take his time a la Patrick Mahomes, which quite honestly, really is the model that Anthony Richardson really needs and then unleash it maybe in year two or year three. Look, there's there's no need to rush him. So when you think about teams like Seattle that has Geno Smith, that could really be the kind of quarterback incubation type of place for him that could really help a guy like Anthony grow. A place like Las Vegas with Jimmy Garoppolo already in place and Josh McDaniels there and some of the weapons that they have already at their disposal that could really help a young man like this grow. That's another place that you would think those are the kind of fits that Anthony needs. And look, you, don't, you can call him whatever you want. You can call him a project, a guy that needs time, an unfinished project. You can call him whatever you want. The fact of the matter is this. He does have some things that he needs to work on. I would not want to play him in year one. Quarterbacking is about more than just the wow throws and throwing the ball 70 yards. We know that, although we emphasize that kind of thing at this time of year, but we also know once September rolls around, what are the two things we're talking about with quarterbacks all the time? How do they make decisions? How accurate are they with the football? Because that's the same thing coaches are talking about in meeting rooms every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. That's the thing that matters the most, That's what he needs the most time to work on. And honestly, if he can get to one of those kind of places, like I mentioned, I think the sky's the limit for the young man. There's no question about it. And I am not in any way, shape or form, you know, against him going over Will Levis because I think he will ultimately be the better player.
2: Mina, let's talk scheme for Richardson, not necessarily just team fit, but what type of offense is going to be the best fit for him?
4: Yeah, I'm in agreement with Lou about the timeline. But when he does play, I think you'd want to emulate sort of what the Eagles did this last year, Shane Steichen with Jalen Hurts, that sort of power spread offense. In the passing games, you got him in the gun. You spread things out. It'll obviously be very RPO-centric, which is what we saw him do in college. And then you marry that with a power running game that's magnified by the fact that Richardson coming into the NFL will already be one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the league that is something that you have to build the offense around at first his rushing ability and then as he develops you can expand the passing game um, from year one to two to three
2: yeah, Richardson extremely difficult to bring down. Last season he had 22 broken tackles the most of any QB in the FBS. And also I want to point this out. It's not just Matt that's moved him up to QB3. Our Todd McShay also moved him mm. to his QB3 ahead of Will Levis. So there are many that are getting on this Anthony Richardson train. A lot of that too has to do with what you guys are hearing from teams as well. So this is going to continue to matriculate ahead of the draft. We're just getting started here on NFL Live. Hey, the Patriots looking to bounce back from an uncared characteristic season here why Lewis believes it's on Bill Belichick to make sure last season never repeats itself in New England some perspective there plus Bijan Robinson is a surefire first round talent but where will he end up we talk about the best landing spots and much more next as that age-old running back debate continues we'll be right back NFL live on ESPN do stop
1: rock like
7: Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
6: Welcome to week six of the XFL. Let know that we are number one. All about access. You're not getting me. It's what we love.
3: a that it is it's what you love as well. They got me mic'd up. Oh good! Special teams fiasco and a big strike for Seattle on the road.
0: Flint lets it go in zone. Wow! What an unbelievable grab! Yeah! How are you able to see it?
7: I just got my contact about two days ago, so I, you know I can see a little bit now. Ball's on the ground <laughs> and Williams is going to take it to the house. You got to be kidding me! How would you draw that play up? Wow! Oh, look at that! When your number gets called, make a play. Get yourself on a Sports Center top ten, whatever it is. Have a little swag today, man. Well, you, that I was done.
6: you ain't done.
0: Ah, like off, and this is going to be a house call.
6: How does that end zone take? You? By PG Cream, man.
0: DC Defenders, the only undefeated team in the XFL. The noise was amazing. The beer snake was amazing. You like football? I love football, Coach. We do, too.
2: Coach, we love football, too, and you can get more of it with the XFL back. Week 7, kicking off tomorrow, the Sea Dragons and Renegades on FX. Then on Saturday, the Brahmas take on the Vipers at 3 Eastern on ESPN2. The Defenders and Guardians on ESPN and ESPN Deportes at 6. And then Sunday, it's the Battlehawks and Roughnecks on ESPN at 2 Eastern. Don't miss it. Let's get back to the Patriots. Okay, they've been busy rebuilding their offense this offseason, hiring Bill O'Brien as their new offensive coordinator while signing Juju Smith-Schuster and Mike Gisecki in free agency. So what else might they do? Well, we're joined by Patriots supporter Mike Reese, who has the latest on what's happening in New England. Go ahead, Mike.
1: Speaking with members of the Patriots organization over the last week from the NFL annual meeting in Phoenix to here at Gillette stadium in Foxborough, where construction continues behind me, a clearer picture of how they view the quarterback situation emerges while owner Robert Kraft passed along word that his friend rapper Meek Mill had texted him that Lamar Jackson wants to play for the Patriots. Team sources tell me the team isn't looking in that direction. Instead, They've made an off-season commitment to surround Mac Jones with more support than he had last year in an attempt to help him realize the potential they saw in him as a first-round pick in 2021. Specifically, Robert Kraft said the addition of offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien should work to Jones' advantage. But at the same time, team sources tell me they want to see a step up in leadership from Jones after a challenging 2022 season and they also like the idea that Bailey Zappi their fourth round pick from last year will push him. Players told me that Zappi's repetitions in practice late last season were increasing a sign of how Belichick and the coaching staff viewed his progress as well. Laura
2: well, thanks, to Mike. And last season, the Patriots' offense struggled in key situations, ranking 27th in third-down conversion percentage and last in red-zone efficiency. Their quarterback play also took a big step back, with them ranking 28th in total QBR. All those numbers, their worst marks under Bill Belichick since he took over as their head coach in 2000. And Kimberly, what do you make of what we've been seeing from Bill Belichick and the Patriots lately?
5: I got to be honest, Laura. I did like his little comeback with, to Mike Reese at the owner's meeting. I was there, and he basically essentially said, check my tape, check the resume. He got <laughs> 25 years. I liked it because it was a little some, some sauce out of Bill. But in all fairness, we can't overlook the last two seasons. We saw Mac Jones have an exceptional rookie season and then take a dramatic backslide. And then when you have Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, that whole experiment, that whatever that was, the reason Bill O'Brien is here is because what we saw last year could not continue. Mm-hmm. So Belichick, yes, he's got a fantastic resume, greatest coach of all time. But the fact that we're even talking about the Patriots are saying we're excited that Bailey zappy will push Mac Jones. Like, the fact that we're even at that point, when you look at this division, who's the favorite in the AFC East? People aren't talking about a Patriots team that's known for winning Super Bowls. They're talking about the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Bills as one of those teams who are favorites in that mm. division.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's a great point, that we're not even talking about New England in terms of them being one of the best teams. We're just talking about whether or not they're an above 500 yeah. football team that can make it to the playoffs and beat somebody, which is... Totally got to be right now, you know, just absolutely a burr, a thorn in Bill's side. And you know what? He has himself to blame for it, quite honestly. And look, you, you know how I feel about the guy. The guy has taught me everything I know about the game of football as it's presently played and how it used to be played 25, 30 years ago. He is the greatest of all time. There's no question about that. And the reason why he is... It's because of his previous resume, as he alluded to, when he said, hey, look, he basically pulled a Kevin Durant and said, you know who I am. That's why why you need to feel confident, because y'all know who I am. But last year, that's on him. He can't allow that to ever happen again. You cannot entrust your second-year quarterback to a former defensive coordinator and a former special teams coach. You cannot do that. That's irresponsible on his part. And that pains me to even say because the guy's the greatest of all time. Make no mistake about it. That can never happen again. He has to make sure that he is on the details, which is what has been the hallmark of his career since the time he was a special teams coach back in the 60s with Detroit. He has always been on the details. That's Bill's game. He's always been a step ahead. That's Bill's game. He has always made lesser players better than more talented players because he gave them a competitive advantage with the things he put in their mind. That's always been the hallmark of Bill Belichick. And last year, he was a step behind because he put himself in that position. He needs to make sure that never happens again. So Mac Jones, Belly Zappi, Lamar Jackson, whoever the heck is quarterback for the New England Patriots, has that competitive advantage that allowed him that allowed him to win more Super Bowls than any coach in history. Simple as that.
2: Lewis, Bill did backtrack his comments a little bit to Mike Reese, that quip saying that that's obviously not the message that he's giving to the team, which Mm -hmm. is interesting. You know, you don't often see him doing that, right? But, Mina, what do the Patriots
4: need to do in order
2: to set up whoever is going to be their quarterback for more immediate success next season?
4: Yeah, well, bringing in a real offensive coordinator was, of course, step one. Um, step two is talent, adding talent around Mac Jones. I, I did like the Juju Smith-Schuster signing, but I-, I still see a few needs, a couple needs in particular on offense, uh, starting with offensive tackle. Um, they did bring in Riley Reef at right tackle, Trent Brown being on the left side, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's a position the Patriots target at pick 14 I also wouldn't be surprised if, despite their recent record lack of success in drafting one, they get a wide receiver. You can see the depth chart here. Again, I like the Judy Smith-Schuster addition. Gesicki, as well, He's basically a wide receiver. But it feels like they're a guy away. And a player that I particularly love for them would be a guy, you, you know, Laura, that I really like. Jackson Smith and Jigba out of mm-hmm. Ohio State. Maybe because he reminds me a little bit of Julian Edelman, to be honest. He's got the route running, the hands, he can get tough yards after the catch. It's just easy for me to imagine him slotting right away into a Bill O'Brien offense.
2: Yeah, I love going to the draft for them for wide receiver. It quickly, I mean, a D
4: hop makes sense for them. Yeah, I I mean, based on what we're hearing about Hopkins and how little it would take to trade for him, I think it makes sense for a lot of people, frankly. I still think he has a lot of juice left, and it would certainly add to this wide receiver core. It is worth remembering that there was a difficult relationship between Bill O'Brien
2: and DeAndre Hopkins when Bill O'Brien was with the Texans. (laughs) So you wonder if that factors into a little bit of that conversation. But either way, something to keep an eye on as we'll see what these Patriots do to get themselves heavily in the mix there. All right, coming up next, Bijan Robinson, one of the most electric prospects in this year's draft. And stick around to see why Matt Miller, our draft analyst, sees a lot of Saquon Barkley in Robinson's game next. Does everybody else agree? You'll find out. We'll be right back.
7: Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. This class of quarterbacks, they each were born to take this stage. Only question is, which team believes enough to take them? The NFL Draft begins April 27th. ESPN and ABC.
2: Less than a month away from finding out where these top prospects end up. An absolutely fascinating draft class, including top running back, B. John Robinson, who you see on your screen. We all agree, he's a rare talent, right? But you have to weigh the risk of taking a running back with a top pick. Here's why. Since 2016, there have been 10 running backs selected in the first round of drafts. Of those 10, seven produced 1,000-yard rushing yards in a season within their first two years in the league. However, of those 10, only five remain with the team that drafted them, and all of them were selected within the last five drafts. And the two that were selected prior to 2020, Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs, are currently slated to play under the franchise tag this season. That's the issue, right? How long can the production really last, Mina? So what, in your mind, is the dilemma with deciding whether or not you're going to take a running back in the first round?
4: Yeah, and to be clear, we're talking about Bijan Robinson, whom... Everybody here loves at the prospect. Everybody on this show today believes that Bijan Robinson is an amazing talent. Um, you know, is going to be really good in the NFL. But we're not talking about how talented he is. We're talking about the value of taking him in, say, even the top half of the first round and when you talk about that you're not just talking about whether he generates enough surplus value versus a running back taken later in the draft which is debatable at times but also the opportunity cost of not spending that pick on another position drafting a rookie offensive tackle wide receiver or cornerback who's successful you save so much money versus paying for those positions in free agency. Whereas at the running back position, drafting a player, the savings aren't as great, which makes uh, the opportunity cost pretty high. I I think the NFL recognizes this. The league has changed a lot. Attitudes Mm -hmm. towards this have changed a lot, even since Saquon Barkley was drafted where he was. Uh, And I think it's going to heavily weigh on teams as they consider whether or not to draft Bijan there As good as he is as a prospect.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because it's making me think a little bit, and that's a different situation. But remember last year in last year's draft when there was that run on wide receivers there for a minute in the first round? It was like everyone's like, oh, my goodness, we got to grab him because this team just took this guy and we got to get. You almost wonder a little bit if that could happen where people start to get nervous that someone else is going to get Bijan Robinson, but there's not many others like him. Matt, where do you see potential landing spots for Bijan in this draft?
3: It's very hard to find a spot. I'll tell you that. I was texting with the GM today before we came on the show. Hey, where's he going to go? And he said, oh, the top 20. I said, where? And he has no idea where. So you kind of get that feeling from teams a lot of, this guy will go top 20. you will go top 20. He has to go top 20. Okay, but where? Who in the top 20 is going to draft him? So I think it is that, you know, the difference between he's my number three overall prospect just based on how good are you as a football player. But if we throw in positional value, it goes back to Mina's point, which is so well stated of you would rather have a third defensive end or a third corner than you would an RB1 in the top 15 mm. picks or the top 20 picks just because of need and positional value the way Philadelphia has been built right now. So it is really difficult to find that spot for him, even though, I like mean, said we all think he should be, you know, he's the best running back in this class. He should be a first round pick. But where
0: is the hard part? Yeah, and it's and it's not just positional value, right? It's about longevity. It's about how many contracts are you going to get out of players, you know, when you're drafting them in the top ten, top fifteen, the first half of the first round. You're looking at you would like to have these guys for two, maybe three contracts, and they are playing premium, premium positions that you feel as though, hey, look, as Mina pointed out. The cost of doing business in the draft is much, much more in favor of the team builders than the cost of doing business in free agency and going out there in the veteran market and trying to fill those positions. So, therefore, all these things push down a position like running back, and unfortunately for Bijan, push down a guy of his skill set. Now, I know when when Saquon Barkley came out in the draft, I thought as though he was a generational player. Truly, in the in the sense of the definition of generational, I thought he was that guy. A guy, that big, that fast, that elusive, that versatile—you just had to. You had to take him in the top half of the draft. And quite honestly, if I had to do it all over again, if I had to rank him again, I wouldn't take him there. I would not take him number two overall. I would have waited, or I would have just passed and gone on and talked and tried to get someone else because it's just the odds are just not in your favor that you're going to get the return on investment that you need out of that position in the draft. Meaning, in the top five, top ten, top fifteen selections, it's just not. It's just not good business doing it up there with running backs, and you're just going to need to wait. And for Bijan, I would expect him to get picked in the last quarter of the draft, somewhere between you know 26 to 32, somewhere in that area wow. is where I expect him to go, although I think he is going to be a fantastic, fantastic pro.
3: Yeah, Lewis, I'm actually glad you mentioned Saquon Barkley because that's been my player comp. And player comps aren't about where you'll be drafted. They're about your traits, your abilities, the type of player we think you can be in the NFL, a healthy Saquon Barkley. Like we saw this past season is what I think Bijan could be. I mean, There's not the runaway speed all the time that Saquon had, but it's the broken tackles that he forced over 100 missed tackles last year. It's what he brings as a receiver out of the backfield. And it's also the leadership. We haven't even got to that part with Bijan Robinson, who everyone you talk to raves about the character, the work ethic, the leadership that he's going to come in and make a franchise better from day one. But to Lewis's point, he's still a running back, and it's still very hard to make an argument for. He should be a top 10 pick or a top 15 pick. If he's, if he's there in the late 20s and Buffalo doesn't mm-hmm. draft him, uh, I, I will be very surprised. That would be a disservice to the Buffalo Bills fan base if they don't draft B. John Robinson if he's there at 27.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's so funny because even earlier in the week, we are talking about that uh, Mike Tannenbaum and his mock has him taking a running back, and Dan's like, Dan Orlovsky's like, oh, their GM should be fired if he takes a running back in the first round. Everyone has <laughs> different opinions on this for sure. But Mina, another yep. top running back is Alabama's Jameer Gibbs. What have you seen from him? Ooh.
4: I love Gibbs. Um, He's like lightning in a bottle. The word that just comes to mind when you watch him is acceleration. The way he shoots through the tiniest gaps and explodes out of his cuts is pretty remarkable. I'd also add, uh, you know, he's an extremely sophisticated route runner, very nuanced. Uh, You know, I, I think if there's questions about him, it would be play strengths, maybe running between the tackles. But it's very easy for me to imagine his skill set, translating, especially for a good NFL team?
0: This is the guy. Mina, I couldn't agree more. This is the one. This is the modern-day, three-down, versatile, do-it-all running back. And even though he's only, what, 5'9", maybe just at 200 pounds, just a little bit over, when you see him in person, he is put together. When I watch him run between the tackles, he's going to give you all 200 pounds. Now he's going to dip and lower his shoulder on you, and you're not going to bring him down easy. But you're right, his game is a spatial game. He's the guy you want out on the edge on those wide zones. He's the guy who you want running halfback screens. You want him flanked out as a running back and going up against strong safeties and will linebackers because once he gets in space – it's over, and mm-hmm. he's put together now. He is absolutely put together, and when he catches the ball, it's as quiet as can be. You don't even hear the ball hit his hands. So for me, if you, and you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what. Here, here's the other extra added benefit. If you're a fantasy guy like myself now, and I know Mina is too, because we battled <laughs> in the fantasy football leagues, this guy's going to be a PPR dream, an absolute yes. dream, a yeah. la McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. He's in that mold.
2: I'm trying, you know, Matt, I'm trying to figure out why we hadn't been invited to that fantasy league. Are they scared of us? They're scared we would win. Right. We'd beat them. I mean, come on. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you should be. Uh, Matt, so you heard Kamara mentioned there by Lewis. That's been one of the comps that we've had for Jameer Gibbs. Mm. Considering that, where could he be drafted?
3: Yeah, my comp's been Tony Pollard, who's kind of an afterthought out of Memphis. A gadget player goes to Dallas, and we see the speed, the receiving ability. I wouldn't be shocked okay let's say Bijan does go earlier than we all think maybe Bijan's the top 20 pick somehow then i think we could see those teams that lewis mentioned at the back end of round one look at jameer gibbs and say you know what we could use that you know this is what kansas city tried to do with clyde edwards and Lair. it just hasn't worked out so i do think there's been a little bit of a precedent for man we need somebody that could be an outlet in the passing game when bryce young was struggling against texas early in the year it was Jameer Gibbs running angle route out of the backfield that got them back in that game. That is why they won that game. Jameer Gibbs would run at the middle official, post up. Bryce Young would throw the ball to him and he would scoot for a first down. So, what he does in the past game, like Mina said, is fantastic value. Uh, We'll have to see which of us can get him first in fantasy football if we ever get invited to the league. But he is a very special player.
2: Yeah, guys, no running back. I'm drafted
0: him. I don't care. I'm drafted him. Yeah,
2: right? We're not going to even get him. Oh, well. No running back recorded more receiving yards over the last two seasons in the FBS than Jameer Gibbs. Just thinking about what he can do in any type of position, running back related or not, is really exciting. Coming up, matt miller he's giving us some comps y'all you don't want to miss this out uh, for this year's draft including cj Stroud and another comparison that might surprise you even more find out that's next we'll be right back
7: Action. up in the, the main attraction.
2: to some top stories around the NFL right now. We have Kimberly Martin here with the shoes, by the way, that match the studio, so she's winning. Uh, you were just at the annual league meetings.
5: Yes. Neural News was swirling around Lamar Jackson, so let's start there. What's the latest on Lamar? Yeah, Lamar dominated Phoenix. I mean, look, here. I think the, the draft is going to be a huge inflection point. The fact that the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson have allowed things to get to this point, Baltimore would be crazy not to listen to any trade conversations, trade talks, but they obviously want to keep Lamar. They want him to be their guy, but at the same time, you know, if Lamar's saying he wants out, you then have to be safe as well. Now, Aaron Rodgers. When are we not, Laura, talking about Aaron <laughs> Rodgers? But I can tell you, I know Woody Johnson, the Jets owner, said we're anxious. I talked to Woody in Phoenix, and yes, he's anxious to get this done, but he really is confident in Joe Douglas. Think about their GM. His mantra is always be aggressive, but don't be reckless. And I think that's where the Jets sort of see themselves right now. And speaking of another New York guy, Odell Beckham. Yes, former Giant, He is he's a hot commodity right now. But a different New York team is after him, the New York Jets. They're trying to reload. I did talk to one team that's interested in Odell, and they said we had a great conversation, thinks he's going to fit in here. And we expect him to be ready by OTAs. But it's up to Odell to decide where he wants to go.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if he ends up part of that New York Jets team. On paper, all these players we're hearing about potentially joining the Jets make him sound like a real contender. we got to get to more here on our draft coverage as we got our analyst Matt Miller here with us today. He loves giving some comps, and we love having that with some top prospects coming out. Let's dive in on this. Matt, give us the comp, and then Nina or Lewis will react. So we begin with C.J. Stroud. Go ahead.
3: C.J. Stroud, one of my favorite players in the entire draft class. My copy is Dak Prescott because good, not great arm, great accuracy to all levels of the field. He is really a quarterback's best friend. The way he throws the ball, or excuse me, a wide receiver's best friend, a quarterback, the way he throws such a catchable ball. He leads his guys into space. He can roll out, like we saw, against Georgia. Outrunning Jalen Carter, by the way. So there's more athleticism than a lot of people realize. C.J. Stroud, I think, comes in right away as a starter, elevates a team, and is somebody that will be a very good player.
4: Yeah, this makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Matt, you said it. It's the accuracy, throwing from the pocket, all three levels, the ability to both drive the ball but also layer it, throw with touch, throw over the middle of the field, fearlessly like Dak Prescott. Uh, And and then also the underrated athleticism. You know, he's not going to be one of the most prolific rushers in the NFL, but that can be a part of his game. My only question as to whether or not he can kind of reach Dak's level would be how's the play under pressure in the NFL. That's something I want to see, but I think he has the ability to get there. Matt, who is your con for receiver Jordan Addison?
3: Jordan Addison from Pitt, then USC, one of the best route runners in this draft class. From a size comparison, not Keenan Allen, but from a route running comparison, that ability to stick his foot in the dirt and go and run away from coverage, that's what reminds me of Keenan, who is arguably the best route runner in the NFL. I think we're gonna see that from Addison, who a little bit undersized, but he is rocked up. He plays tough, he'll run through contact tracks the ball exceptionally well. We've seen him have production in very different systems, going from Kenny Pickett and Pitt to Caleb Williams in USC. Addison has excelled everywhere he's been. I think that route running ability is going to help him a ton at the next
0: level. Yeah, I see what you're getting at. Look, I mean, this year at USC, he worked a little bit more outside lane, a little bit more X and Z. They put him in the backfield. And I think that was on purpose because, look, last year at Pittsburgh, when he went crazy in 2021, he was primarily a slot guy. And he wanted to show, look, I can run all the routes from... All the different positions, just like Keenan Allen can do. He is an absolute magician at the line of scrimmage with his release variation. He's very good at the top of routes in terms of being very efficient, using some subtle push-offs, using great footwork, and he tracks the deep ball as good as anyone, just like Keenan Allen does. But you're right, he's not nearly as big, but as far as the movement and the efficiency of playing the position, you're spot on.
2: What about some top defensive guys? Matt, who's your comp for Will
4: Anderson?
3: And remember Will Anderson? He was one of the best players in college football the last two years, guys. I see Von Miller, another undersized pass rusher, and I hesitate to compare anyone to a Hall of Famer like Von Miller, but it's that <laughs> leaner body type, sub 245 pounds. He's going to beat you with quickness in his first step. He's going to beat you with really smart hand play so that he can disengage, despite the fact that he doesn't necessarily have the power to just run over offensive tackles at the next level. But I think he can play in space. He can put his hand in the dirt, and that first step burst, mean is going to cause a lot of problems for NFL offensive
1: tackles.
4: Yeah, the similarity here is all about one thing and that's juice. Will Anderson's get off is insane. Whether he's turning the corner or in backside pursuit, his closing speed is equally impressive. And I think as he develops his power and his moves, that will take him a long way. Um, I don't think he has quite The bend as Vaughn when he you know at the top of his arc, but very few humans on Earth have that kind of bend. So I still like it as a comp, especially because their size profiles do have some similarity, as you noted.
2: Okay, we had to put this one in for Lewis, the pit alum. Matt, who is your (laughs) comp, Elijah Cansey?
4: You had to
3: get it in for Lou. Casey <laughs> is also just a really good player. Who well, I cop to Grady Jarrett with the Atlanta Falcons. Another undersized player who's probably a three technique in the next level. But he's just going to beat you with that quickness. He can get skinny through gaps. Can't see 6'1", about 280 pounds. So it's all about quickness. It's all about leverage and the way that he can knife through some of these gaps. We saw him have a fantastic senior bowl pr- process. Then a great NFL scouting combine as well. He has put himself... Do not be surprised if he is a top of 15 pick in this year's draft because teams want pass rushers and he can do it as well as anyone in this class. Ooh.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. Look, speaking of pass rushers and speaking of Von Miller, the number one thing Von says and all the great pass rushers say that you have to have as a defensive lineman if you want to get the quarterbacks to get off. And if you watch Khalidzik Kansi's tape, every single time this guy's the first guy off the ball, it never fails. And as an offensive lineman, if you are not playing with perfect technique, if you're not sitting back, if you're not being patient and you get caught leaning, if you're top heavy, if your head's down, it's over. The guy's too quick. His hands are too quick, just like Grady Jarrett, just like another pit defensive tackle on Aaron Donald. And he has a motor that doesn't quit. He will chase the football all over the football field, which is what the great DTs do. Kalajikansi is going to be a steal for someone no matter where he goes.
2: Something about those pit players, Lewis. How about that? Okay, when we come back, (laughs) which quarterback makes the most sense for the Texans with the number two pick? Lewis tells you who could provide new hope for Houston if they're able to land him. That's next.
1: It was now or never, gotta get it now.
2: Back on NFL Live, and the top quarterbacks have all completed their pro days now after Anthony Richardson finished things off with a bang yesterday at Florida. Most teams saw these players back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. You saw Will Levis there. There's C.J. Stroud. He was the one that kicked the whole thing off. And then, of course, Bryce Young in Alabama with all these prospects finishing them up. No one putting too much stock in a pro day, okay? But it did give these teams a chance to directly compare. So as we continue on the Bryce Young conversation, we just missed seeing Anthony Richardson's flip there maybe we'll bring that back Bryce Young's size has been a question, okay, throughout the pre-draft process. But here's what Texans coach Jameka Ryan said about that at the league meetings this week. He said, quote, I know there's a lot of talk about his size, but the guy's done it at the highest level of college football, and size doesn't seem to be a problem. I don't see it as an issue because I watch the tape. You put on the tape and you see how smart he is, the anticipation, the accuracy, how this guy's calm in critical moments. You just look at the track record and see what he's done in the SEC and how successful he was, and I think he'll be successful in the NFL as well. The Texans, of course, with that number two overall pick, so they may not even be in the mix for Bryce Young, right, if the Panthers end up taking him at number one, but it, Kimberly, what have you heard from teams around the
5: league about Young? It's almost like Anthony Richardson, but for a different reason. People love Bryce Young, the player. They love the film, but but one GM I talked to said, you know, every team's got to decide if they can live with the size and, and the question of durability. It's not his height. But his build and the question of durability, I loved everything D'Amico Ryan said because when, I, when you watch Bryce Young in college, that's what you fall in love with. Give me a guy who can read defenses. Give me a guy who when you know he's in the pocket, like you trust that he's going to do everything he can to put his team in position. But every GM doesn't feel that way. Every head coach doesn't feel that way. And they're looking at some, some teams, will, I've been told, some teams will take a guy with less of a high ceiling. If Mm. they know that that, you know, durability won't be an issue, they can live with somebody who's not as flashy, not as special just because it's a safer pick. And that, that man just grinds my gears. But that's why I'm glad I'm not
2: an NFL GM. (laughs) When you ask Bryce Young about the size concerns, he says, yeah, that's been a concern. My entire career as a football player has never bothered me and never stopped me. Mina, do you like the fit of Bryce Young for the Texans?
4: You know, Laura, I do like it. Um... When we think about, like, nightmare situations for quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, we think about the Texans in 2002 when they drafted David Carr. This is the prototypical terrible, terrible situation. You remember he was sacked 76 times. We all remember it. I bring that up to point out that these Texans are very different, and Mm. it starts with the offensive line. You have a very good tackle duo in Laramie Tunstall and Titus Howard. Kenyon Green's entering his second-year guard. You trade for Shaq Mason. So you've shored up pass protection, which I do think will be important for Bryce early on. Then you bring in Bobby Slowick from the San Francisco 49ers. So the assumption is it's going to be a Shanahan-style offense, which I think he'll play well in. I do think they need to add at wide receiver beyond, you know, Nico Collins, Robert Woods. But by and large, it feels stable at the very Mm -hmm. least. And – If I'm Bryce Young, I'm not sad to be landing with the Texans.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't be either. And we have to mention John Mechie, his receiver, who he was with at Alabama, hopefully is is healthy and is able to go very soon because that will be a boost as well. But I think to the point this year, we talk so much about these quarterbacks and you hear Bryce Young comma Alabama. think oh alabama they're really good they weren't this year that offense was not loaded like it was in the past there was no jamison williams there was no john mechie his receivers are not being drafted this year his tight end will be a day three pick his offensive line will have two guys drafted probably in the top 100. we talked about jameer gibbs he's a stud but bryce young elevated the wide receivers that he had around him and he was working in new guys just like patrick mahomes was working in new guys in kansas city bryce was doing it in tuscaloosa as well and we saw him have a ton of success. So that gives me some comfort. Yeah, the 5'10 and an 8th is a thing. Yeah, he's probably going to play at like 195 Those have to be vetted internally. But I think on the field, he checked every single box that you could put up for a quarterback this year. And he did it in the SEC. He did it in the best of the best every week he was money. So that settles my nerves a little bit about the size because we've seen him boost the program this past year.
2: Yeah, I'm not trying to bring up an injury issue because it's not that, but he also... Wasn't 100% and only missed a game, came back, ended up playing relatively well considering what he it's was tough. dealing with. He's a tough guy. Uh, Lewis, here's the thing. We're not putting too much into pro days, right? We're not saying that you're going to pick a guy off of a pro day. But what do you think of no coaches or GMs from the Texans attending these QB pro days when, like, every other team has been there for these guys? <laughs>
0: I don't know. Maybe they know something that every other team doesn't. Maybe they feel as though there's no benefit to having more exposure to the quarterbacks of which you're going to select you know, number two overall. Maybe you don't need that extra exposure like the other teams do. Maybe you know something that they don't. Look, I, I'm being sarcastic because I don't understand it. Even if you feel as though, look, it's just a it's just a, a pro-day workout that everyone's here. Some of these coaches just want to get out of the house, get out of the office, take some trips around the country, they're not really gaining anything from it. Well, there's still there's always something. There's always some benefit to watching how a young man interacts, reacts handles these kind of big high-pressure situations where he knows that every single eye in the NFL is watching him and combing through his skill set with a fine-tooth comb. There's something to watching and observing that kind of thing and then seeing if you can glean something from it. I don't see the benefit of not being there. I don't see, you know, the drawback of going there. So why wouldn't you attend? That, that one kind of rubbed me the wrong way when I found out that they weren't there. But, hey, so be it. They can do whatever they want as long as they draft the right guy and they wind up winning football games and things stay stable in Houston. Then this will be a non—you know—a non-discussion in the future. But right now, it did kind of catch my attention.
3: Oh, it caught mine, and it, I think it caught the attention of everyone around the league too. You know, those of us who make mock drafts, this is the information we kind of use to connect dots. And when you hear, "Hey, they're not there," it, it does raise a little bit of a flag because everyone else goes. The Panthers are sending. 14 people, and the Mm. the Houston Texans aren't sending any. So it's definitely something that that you do worry about. Now, are pro days a little overrated? Absolutely. We saw Zach Wilson's pro day. I was there covering it for you guys. It it was (laughs) not, it was a great pro day. It didn't help him in the NFL. So (laughs) I do think that, yeah, they're overrated, but you got to get there too.
2: Yeah, it's something to watch, no doubt. Maybe it doesn't end up factoring in like Lewis said, but you never know. All right, we got time for one more thing before we go. Okay, Giants owner John Maris spoke about how popular Brian Dable is in New York City right now. Listen to this.
7: Oh, we, we kid him. I mean, right now he's Bono walking around uh, New York City. But I've told him, I said, in this business, it doesn't take long to go from Bono to Bozo. <laughs> so, so don't don't get your head uh, too big right now. But no, he he has been great.
2: Yeah, Mina, I don't think we have to worry about Dable getting a big head. But it, it is a good quote either way, so. Bono to Bozo. <laughs>
4: Yeah, maybe a sunburned head after I saw that picture at the owner's meetings. No, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Brian Dable and what he did last year in difficult circumstances. They made some improvements this offseason. I don't expect them to backslide very much.
2: I love it. We'll see you next week on NFL Live. Thanks to Kimberly for being here and everybody else for being here. And thanks for watching.
0: We'll see you Monday. Oh,